Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. Just, um, just this morning as I was uh, sitting in the front row there, I just um, felt God prompt me to say that there's some people here uh, this morning and there's a deep hunger in your life for more of God. There's a, there's a cry, there's a thirst in your soul and in your heart and you're sitting there saying, God, there must be more. You've said that to yourself. You've said that to uh, a family member or a husband or wife. You've, you've said there must be more. There's a hunger in your heart for more. And the scripture came to our mind and says that, says that those who hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. And I just believe that that hunger in your heart is a hunger and a thirst for the spirit and the life and the power of God to be more evident and real in your life. And I just, and I just feel that God wants to tell you this morning that as you hunger for that, as you cry out and reach out to God and open up your heart to God and your, and your spirit and your soul to God, allowing Him to reveal Himself to you, that you won't be disappointed. You won't be disappointed. Because God desperately wants you to know Him more. And He sees the hunger in your life. Lord, I thank You for Your Word that is powerful. Your Word that is life-changing. That Your Word is sharper than a two-edged sword, Lord. That it is... That is that is, has the power. Your word is life. It's alive and it's real. And I pray this morning that, Lord God, as we just, as your word is spoken, Lord God, that as I, as I talk about what you've put in my heart to speak, I pray that lives will be unlocked, that lives will be transformed, that, that, Lord God, you put a deposit in our lives and in our hearts, Lord God, that would bring transformation, Lord God, and bring change, not only to us, but the people around us and change to our city, Lord God, and impact to our city, and, Lord God, that you would move in great power. Because, Lord... If we're truthful, Lord, in all our lives, there is always a hunger for more. There is always a hunger for more of you, Lord God. There's always a stirring in our heart, Lord God, for more. And I pray, Lord, if, if people are here, and Lord God, they aren't stirred for more of you, that by the time they walk out these doors this morning, there'll be a stirring. Not because of what I've said or who I am, but because of everything about you and what you have said, Lord, what you have said, Holy Spirit, and you would stir people's hearts, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to talk to you this morning about being salt and light, about those two words, salt and light. And, uh, and Jesus talked about these two things several times, and I want to read to you what he said in Matthew 5, 13 to 16 in a new, this is the New Living Translation, and then I'm going to read it in the Message Translation as well to give you a full picture of what it's saying. It says this, he said, you are salt, the salt of the earth, and he's talking to his disciples. It wasn't just the 12 disciples, a few of them, was a, it was a whole bunch of people that were following him and disciples of him, and he said, you're the salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. Then he says, you're the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in this house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Praise is always, everything's always directed back to God in everything we do. I want to read that again in the message version. It says the same thing, but in a slightly different way. So you can get a picture of what it's saying. 
let me tell you why you are here. I, people ask me, what am I doing here? What's my purpose? Let me tell you why you're here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your, uh, you've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you, make you light bearers, you don't think... Uh, sorry, if, if I make you light bearers... Bearers, barriers, light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up to God, this generous Father in heaven. And I want to talk about this this morning. The power of being salt and light. I want to talk about salt. Now, we all know what salt is. Got some salt here. And, uh, and I guarantee you probably all of us have some salt every day. If you don't put it on your food, the food you eat is full of it. Because nearly all the food you look on the back of the packaging, it's all got some kind of salt in it. So we all have salt. In, and salt brings out flavor. You don't need a lot of salt to bring out flavor. You just need a little bit. If this uh, salt jar was full... Um, it's, uh, what is it? it's sea salt, so it's the good stuff, it's nice. And uh, there's enough in this jar, if we would all sit down and have a meal, we could all have a couple of turns of this around and this would be enough salt, maybe more than enough, for all our meals to have some salt on it. You only need a little bit. And salt brings out flavor. Salt changes flavor. Who's ever put too much salt on something and killed their food? Well done, so have I. And... And so you go, oh, that's too much salt. Or, you know, you get something or you go and get some, buy some hot chips or something and then they throw salt on it and sometimes either there's just the amount enough or sometimes there's not enough and sometimes there's so much salt you eat a chip and you're like, you're getting the chip and you're brushing it off. You're trying to shake all the salt off because there's just too much salt. So salt gives flavor. And the scripture said that being salt is having the flavor of God in your life. Not the flavor of you, but the flavor of God flowing through you. And saltiness, it said, that is linked to godliness. What is godliness? God, godliness is being like God. It's, 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 if you want to see a picture of godliness, look at Jesus. The way he spoke, what he did, how he treated people, what he, what he spoke is a picture of godliness. So godliness is being like Jesus to others. And so saltiness speaks of the godliness in our lives. When we're salty, we are full of God's saltiness. We're full of God's flavor. I was in America about three years ago and uh, visiting my brother-in-law and sister. And uh, we were driving through a, a place near Atlanta. And, uh, and we, were, we were going through there. And so it wasn't Atlanta. It was up near Washington. And we're driving along. And there's this massive harbor. We're driving along. In this, and, and I looked over. And there was these white piles, I didn't know what it was at first, but it ended up being piles of salt. These piles of salt that weren't just small piles, but they were nearly over 100 metres high. Like, lots of them. And they're, and they're being unloaded off ships. And there's these massive piles of salt sitting there that you can see from a long way away. And, you know, we're there in summertime and it's warm and all that. And I'm saying, what's that for? And they said, well, 
It's when winter comes, you know, you get four seasons over there, that they grab the salt and throw it over all the roads to dissolve the ice and the snow so you don't get black ice on the road. So we know what black ice is. It's a thin layer of ice, and if you hit it, you can't see it properly, and you, you can't keep control, and there's accidents, and you see those pile-ups of cars on the highways in other countries. It's usually caused by black ice. Everyone just slides into each other and can't do anything about it. And so they get the salt and in these machines, and they spread it over the roads, and the salt dissolves the ice, changes it to liquid so the roads are safe. You know, and when we have the saltiness of God in our lives, in the same way that it breaks down the ice, when you are salty and you share with others but what you say and how you act and how you live, you actually, it breaks down the hardness in other people's lives towards God because you're showing people the God flavors of who God is. You're being God, and actually, they can be hard towards God for whatever reason, or, or hard towards church, or have had some terrible experience, or something's happened, they've been treated badly, but suddenly when they meet someone who really is saltiness, who really is salt, the way Jesus said they should be, and really show godliness, and show who Jesus is, and reveal who God is, how much He loves them and cares them, and when that flows out of someone's life, the hardness begins to break down in someone's life. They become safe to talk to, like those roads suddenly become safe to drive on because the salt breaks down the ice. Suddenly they look at you and go, you're a safe person to talk to because I see that you really do care, that you really do love, just the way God loves. In Mark 9, 49 and 50, it says this, For everyone will be tested with fire, Salt is good for seasoning, but if it loses its flavor, how do you make it salty again? You must have the qualities of salt among yourselves and live in peace with each other. Hear that? It says you must have the qualities of salt among yourselves. He's talking to the church. He's talking to disciples. He's talking to followers of Jesus. He's talking to us. Have the qualities of salt among yourselves. The Amplified Version, the same scriptures, is for everyone will be salted with fire. It's talking about being tested, the, your life being tested. Salt is good and useful, but if salt has lost its saltiness, in other words, its purpose, how will you make it salty? Have salt within yourselves continually and be at peace with one another. I want to ask you a question. How salty are you? How salty are you? How much godliness is in you? And, and I'm not here to point any fingers or have a go at anyone. I'm just going to simply ask the question because that's what Jesus said right there. Well, how salty are we? How much godliness flows out of you? What do people see? How much God flavor flows out of you? How salty are you? Salt, you know, if, if you're not happy with a... You know, the situation around you, if you're not, you know, you're sort of going, oh, you know, there's a work, it's bad, it's, oh, this is happening, that's happening, and, and, and like the, the atmosphere and stuff that's going on around you, then God would say to you, then bring some saltiness into the situation. Bring some of my flavor into the situation. Begin to speak and begin to act opposite to what is happening. Begin to bring, bring an opposite spirit reaction to what is happening around you. Bring some saltiness into the situation. Speak God's way, act God's way, and be aware that you carry God's presence wherever you go. That we actually carry saltiness. 
which can be revealed in the presence of God and, and which people can feel on you. They can sense it because you're a carrier of His presence. So you're, when you're aware of that and you're saying, God, I'm a, I'm a sol- I want to be salty. I want to show your flavor. I want to show godliness through my life. Suddenly when you walk in a room and you're aware of that, you can change the atmosphere of a room. You know, you walk into some rooms and you, there's a heavy atmosphere or some conversation's going on and you're going, oh, this doesn't feel good or been some argument or heated discussion and, and you can feel it. It may have finished, but you can feel it on the, you look at people and you can feel it by the way they're acting or something's going on. But in the same way, you can walk in a room and be a carrier of His presence and then people feel it. They'll go, oh, there's something different about that person. Suddenly they, they want to talk to you. They wanna, they're going, oh, I want to know more about this person. Suddenly there's an, there's an attraction for people to the presence of God. There's an attraction that draws because of His love that's reaching out to them. It's the Holy Spirit within you that reaches out to people. And people get attracted to that. And so sometimes it's very normal when you walk into a room and you're, a character, you're overflowing with His presence and His, His love for people that people want to come and they sometimes don't even know why, but they're attracted. I want to talk. They start to ask questions like, how are you going? And who are you? What are you doing? And, and it happens to me quite often that I can be in a... It happened last night. I was at a friend's 40th birthday and I had people coming up to me and just... Uh, and I hadn't seen one guy for um, 25 years nearly. 23 years. Last time I saw him, we won a grand final of soccer together in Harvey Bay. And he went to England to play soccer. And suddenly I see him here again back in Harvey Bay. He recognized me straight away. I didn't even know who he was because he looked so different. And uh, I recognized him after a while. But he, he knew who I was. And he just comes over and just want to chat. And so 30 minutes later... After having this whole conversation about life and that and, and, uh, and whole conversation, you know, he eventually said, oh, what do you do? And I said to my pastor, he goes, well, that doesn't surprise me. Because when your life's salty, it rubs off on people. And so we are called to be salt. We are called to be light. Let's talk about light for a moment. I've got a torch here. And... Uh, if, I, if it was night time and we turned all the lights off, this place is completely dark. There's enough light in this torch. It would actually, if I shine on the roof, it would actually light up this whole building. It's only a small light, but it's, it's strong. It's also heavy. If you hit someone with it, you'd hurt them badly. So don't drop it, Peter. So, and so light is so powerful. And uh, we know about light. Light, you know, you, you need lights. You don't want to walk around the night, uh, dark or whatever. If we didn't have lights on our roads, you know, on the side of the roads, it'd be hard. And if you only had car lights, if you, if you tried to drive around at night without your car lights on, there'd be lots of accidents. You need light to show you where to go. You need light to reveal things. There's a um, scripture in John 8, 12 that says this. Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, You won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. He said, I'm the light of the world. But then he turns that around because Jesus knew he was going to die on a cross and and come back to life again and go to heaven. And then the Holy Spirit was to be poured out on people. So then he began to speak to them and and changed it around. And he says in Matthew 5.14, he says, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. And so he wasn't just saying, 
He's the light. He always will be the light. Jesus is still the light of the world. But now he's also saying, you are the light of the world. In other words, he shines through us by his Holy Spirit. There's a light that shines through you. It's not your own light, but it comes from Jesus himself. It's his life, his presence that shines through you. We read this before in Matthew 5, 14 to 18. This is the message version. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light. Bringing out the God colors in this world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If, you make your, make your, if I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house, be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you prompt people to open up with God. By opening up to others, you prompt people to open up with God by opening up to others. So when we're with people that don't know God, that don't know Jesus, when we're in the workplace and public place, often we have to be willing to open up our lives to them and speak about what, who we are and speak about who Jesus is within us, speak about our own lives and be willing. If, we, if we're a light like he said, it's not meant to be covered and we're not meant to hide behind, you know, whatever that may be, whether we're scared or fear or what are people going to think. You know, people are very hungry for truth, especially in our world at the moment. There's a hunger for truth. And so we have to be willing to open up our lives to others and share what we have, share the love of God and speak about his love, about what he's done in our lives to be honest and real with people. And then it says, you'll prompt people to open up with God. So suddenly by you being open with them and, and sharing with them, suddenly their hearts will become open to God. This, who, who is a, this generous Father in heaven who loves them. So God being a light is having God's personality and color shine out of you. God's personality coming out of you. Light is linked to revealing God. Light reveals God. Light reveals things. Light reveals things in the dark. There's a, um, there's a lighthouse up on top of Fraser Island called Sandy Cape Lighthouse, and I go fishing up there a lot, and, and you're up there at night, and uh, this lighthouse is on a hill at the very top of Fraser Island, and uh, you can see it from at least 20 kilometers away. And uh, if you're out on the water. And that is solely there because at the top of Fraser Island, there's also a, a sandbank called Break Sea Spit that travels out 20 kilometers from Fraser Island. And there's a light at one end of it and a lighthouse at the other end. And uh, unless you really know what you're doing and not in dark hours, but daylight hours, if you've got to cross that, then you need to know what you're doing. Otherwise, you're dead because plenty of people have died on that sandbank. And so there's a lighthouse there that shines out. And that lighthouse is doing a couple of things. It's warning people that, hey, there's a, there's a danger here. This is where the land is. This is where the sandbank starts. So don't be careful how close you get and where you're going to go. But it also is saying there's a better way to travel. There's a better way to go. There's, a, there's another way to go that won't take you through danger. And the light that we have on the inside of us does the same thing. The light of Jesus inside of us says to people, hey, I found a better way to go. I found a better way to live. I, I, 
I've, I was living down this road that, of sin and, and shame and, and, a bro- and my brokenness and I was trying to do it all myself and, and I was all about me and I tried to get ahead but, but then it wasn't working and, and my life was broken like Troy was talking this morning but then I saw the light and then the lights pointed me in a different direction, it pointed me to Jesus and I found a much better way to go. It, it highlighted the danger of sin and said there's a better way, there's a way of, where you are forgiven. There's a way of freedom. There's a loving Savior that loves you unconditionally. That will forgive you in a moment when we turn and repent and ask Him for forgiveness. No matter what you've done, no matter what your past has been, He's an incredible loving Savior and He is the light of the world. And that light... That light reveals who Jesus is. It also, the light shows us that there's a safe place and it shows that God is a refuge to us, that God is a safe. It's like there's many pictures in the Bible where God is like you're in the, under the shadow of his wing. He's a refuge. He's a safe place to go. When, when our world, there can be places that aren't safe and there can be situations we get trapped in that aren't safe, that we're scared and there's fear. But God is a safe refuge, a safe place. And, and there's an incredible scripture in Psalm 91. 9 to 16, I want to read this to you. It says this, If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home. For He will order His angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. It's talking about spiritual things there. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer and I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation when you make the Lord your refuge when you make the Lord your strength light reveals light shows we all know what light does light warns both of danger of sin it reveals the love of God that he has for us light chases away darkness you know you're in a dark room you turn on a light or a torch it's like you don't, the dark, you don't see this fight going on, the, light, the darkness is trying to, oh, I'm not going, I'm not going, there's light and dark, are trying to, there's fists happening and there's a bit of a fight going. There's just no battle, it's just the darkness is gone in a moment. You know, spiritually speaking, when the light of God shines, the very real enemy, the devil and demonic enemy has to flee. There's, no, there's just no battle. There's no question of, oh, you know, I'm going to fight you. No, when God's light comes, he has to flee because Jesus has already won. He's already won the battle. He's already won the victory. And so light chases away darkness. Light changes a room. Light changes a room. Like you turn on a light, everything was dark. I know my son Riley and that sometimes when there's a, you know, when you're in the bedroom and it's night and like you're going, it's fine. You just, no, there's no light on. No, I'm not sure what's, you know, there's nothing in there, Riley. It's okay. You can just walk. No, 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 there's no. So you have to go and turn the light on for him. Oh, and then he just walks straight in. Oh, yeah, it's all fine. And it's like, oh, there's suddenly light. Isn't it amazing how that, we think like that. And so 
there's like light changes a room and, and spiritually speaking when the light of God is on the inside of you when the presence of God is on the inside of you you can walk into a room that isn't physically dark but there's some dark things there's some people that are struggling with stuff there's some darkness and stuff going on and you can walk into a room and suddenly you can change the room in a moment because you carry the light we're called to be salt and light People act differently in the light. How many uh, people are criminals that go to rob a bank? What's the time? Midday? Yep, let's go. Put their black balaclava on, dress up in black. No one will see us because we're dressed in black. It's 12 o'clock midday. And they, let's just walk in. It's the middle of the day, light, let's, let's go rob the bank. And they would go, you silly criminal, you know, what are you, what are you thinking, you know? And so they just don't do that. They do it at night. Why do they do it at night? Because it's dark, because they can be hidden. People can't see them at night. But light reveals, light shows. People act differently in the light. And we ha- when we have the light of God in us, You know, it should be very evident to people that we act differently to those that are maybe walking in darkness, those that are still trapped in sin, those that are willingly doing whatever evil they want to do. Then someone who is full of the light of God, who is full of Jesus, who is full of the power of the Holy Spirit, the presence of God, then it should be common sense to understand that their lives will be totally different. They will speak differently. They will act differently. They will stand out in amongst the darkness. Because what do they carry on the inside of them? So how much light shines from you? How much of God's personality and color shines from you? What do people see when they talk to you? What do people have in a conversation with you? Does Jesus shine out? Does his personality, is it revealed to, you, to people around you when you speak and when you act? How much of his light shines from you? Do you lack saltiness? Do you lack light? Is there a desire in your heart for the flavor of God and the personality of God to be shown in a greater way in your life? Jesus said to be salt and light. And he said to be salt and light. Why did he say that? Because we're salt and light to bring change. We're we're, We're here to bring change. You are here to bring change. You are here to bring change in this city. You are here to bring change in your workplace. God, if you look through God's eyes, he said, I've got you in that place to bring change. I've got you in that place to help people. I've got you in that place to, so, so you will reveal light, saltiness. You reveal to people who I am so they can come and know me. You're there to bring change. You're there to bring transformation through the life and the power of Jesus Christ, through his presence that is in you. You're there to bring change. Sometimes it's what you don't say or don't do that has the most impact on people. Because you don't react negatively when stressed, because you don't swear, because you don't laugh at a dirty joke at the lunchroom at work or whatever it may be, because you don't aimlessly follow the crowd and go, oh yeah, I'll just do whatever they're doing. No, I'm going to go this way instead. Sometimes because what we don't do that affects people. There's a, um, when I was in year 11, and uh, had a group of friends, they were, they were mates and that, but they, um, you know, they was one particularly, he, uh, he swore a lot, and, uh, and so, but I never did. And so one day, they're there, and, they, and he came with an idea with a few other mates, he said, we're, we're going to do everything we can um, to make 
Peter swear. And uh, so they put money on it. So they, they said, you know, if, he, if we can do this, you know, we're gonna, I'm going to bet you this. And other people bet, no, I don't think you will or whatever. So for about six months, they, they were doing stuff to try and make me swear. They would come up and do things to me and uh, say things to me, try and, you know, and they were, they were mates, but they were doing their best. And so, you know, they do things like I'm walking on a corridor next to me and one would go whack and just punch me as hard as he could in the shoulder, and, uh, which hurt. And, um, and uh, thinking, well, that'll make me swear. And I just looked at him and go, no, it's not going to work. And so, and so they did all these things for that amount of time. So eventually after six, and I don't know how many people were involved or whatever or what was going on or whatever, but I knew something was going on. And uh, they were doing all this stuff. It was pretty obvious. And after, after about six months, they just gave up and, uh, and thought, well, that didn't work or whatever. And, uh, and, and it was because of what I didn't do, because I didn't swear actually had an impact on them to make them want to make me swear or do something because maybe it make him feel better or maybe, it, you know, he thought I feel, he felt guilty, you know, every time he swore, I think, when he's around me. So I thought if I can get him to swear as well, I'll feel a lot better about myself. And, uh, and it was probably the truth, but it didn't work. Years later, uh, years later, um, probably, another, probably four years ago, five years ago, I um, had that same guy ring me. And um, he rang me and said, uh, my marriage is just broken up. And I had, he's got a couple of kids. And he said, and he said, I don't know what else to do. But he said, I thought of you. And uh, he slowed my number and we'd been in contact occasionally. He said, I thought of you. And he said, do you think I could come to church on Sunday? And... And I, and I thought about that and when I had a conversation, and he came to church and, and he came to this church a few years ago now, he lives in Brisbane now, and he, um, and he surrendered his life to Jesus and gave his life to Jesus in this church. And, and when I chatted to him, he said, I said, one day I sort of said, oh, yeah, why'd you call me? He said, oh, he said, well, because you're the only person I know that, you know, when we're in school in year 11 and 12, I saw your life and I thought, if anyone's going to have their life together... If anyone's going to, you know, know what to do, he said, I'd be you. And so, and he knew, and he, and he just assumed that I was still going to church. He assumed that, you know, I was, and, he, and I was, and, and so he knew who to call. And sometimes, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's what you don't say that has the most impact on someone's life. And I've had, and that's, and I've had another friend as well, uh, same deal, similar situation, and uh, who's, who's rung up the same over the years and, and done the same thing. And, it's powerful because all I was doing was I was living and sold out to Jesus and, and my life, I just I was unashamedly, I didn't Bible bash, I didn't go and preach to him or anything at all, but they knew I went to church, they knew I was a Christian, but I was consistent. I was consistent. I didn't waver, I didn't go up and down, I didn't change. I, what I said, I did. And that's what they saw. And sometimes we expect results to happen instantly. Sometimes they do. Sometimes it takes 10 years. But they know. They know. We're not talking about being perfect. We're talking about being real. I want you to listen to this. The consistency of you bringing salt and light to people will depend on the consistency of your relationship with the Holy Spirit. The consistency of you bringing salt and light to people will, will depend upon the consistency of your relationship with the Holy Spirit. It's not about you. It's who's on the inside of you. The more control of your life you give to the Holy Spirit, the brighter you will shine. 
the more the salt of your life will change the flavour of the society around us and around you. It all comes back to your relationship with God. It all comes back to allowing the Holy Spirit to speak with you and take control. I'll share one other story about that. The Holy Spirit isn't some spirit that's out there somewhere. He's personal. He's a person. It's the person of the Holy Spirit. About two weeks ago, I, um, I was trying to find something. It's an SD card, which was very valuable. It contained uh, all my fishing charts for um, Harvey Bay uh, for the last 30 years and all my fishing marks as well. And if you know I'm a fisherman, and uh, it's worth tens of thousands of dollars to me and, uh, in fish. And so, and the card's quite expensive as well to buy. So I, it's in a case or whatever. I put it in a certain spot, couldn't find it. I spent two and a half hours, three hours looking through every box, everything in the boat, in, and I couldn't find this thing. And I'm going, this is great. Where is this gone? Anyway, and so it got to a point where I thought, well, I don't know where it is. And then I'm about to go to bed at about 10.30 at night. And I sat there for one second. I thought, well, God, you're the only person I know who knows where this is. And uh, I don't know where it is. No one else knows where it is. So it's up to you. If you, you can please tell me where it is, then it'll be all good. And in, in one second, I, I'd, I'd asked, I'd, I said, God, please help me find it. But I kept looking and I'm looking around or whatever. In one second, he goes, look in your toiletries bag. And I've gone, right here. So I open up the cupboard, go into the toiletries bag, and I'd been away on a trip. And for whatever reason, I can't remember doing it, for safety, I'll put it, I thought this thing doesn't, can't get, I don't want to lose this thing. So I shove it in my toiletries bag, it's under all this stuff or whatever, in there, and I open it up in one second, there it is. And I've gone, well, that was easy. And so I thought, why didn't I do that earlier? So. You know, I've had that happen before. It takes a little while sometimes to get through. But that's how real, that's how real the Holy Spirit is. That's how, he, that's how He will speak to you about people. That's how real, like that was the thing. Like, to, you know, to me, that He knew that was important to me. In the context of people's lives in eternity, probably wasn't that much important about a map or some fishing marks or whatever. But, so how much more does He want to speak to you about the people around you? that He loves, that He cares for, that he, that he gave His life for. How much more does He want to speak to you? I want to do one exercise to finish today, something a little bit different. And I want um, Troy and Kate and uh, who else have we got here? Oh, Jeremy, you'll do. I need you to stand right here. I need, you don't need to say anything. That's <laughs> no, all good. This is what I want you to do. I want to do this simple exercise. We're called to be salt and light to people. What I'm saying is to you today, if we are salt and light to three people around us, what kind of impact will it have? This is what I want you three to do. I want you to walk out and simply tap three random people on the shoulder. And when they tap you on the shoulder, I want you to stand up. I want you to go and do that now. Just go and pick three people. And when he tap you on onion, and you can stay standing, and I want you to stay standing in your seat for one moment and stand to your feet. And so now we have 12 people should be standing about that somewhere. 9, 10, 11, 12, anyway, that's fine. It doesn't matter. So now I want you, if you're standing, I want you, you don't have to walk a long distance, but I want you to tap three people around you on the shoulder for one moment. Just three people. And when they tap you on the shoulder, I want you to stand. 
So we've done that twice. Now I want all of you that are standing, I want you to, everyone standing, go and tap three other people on the shoulder. And when they tap you on the shoulder, I want you to stand. So we've done that three times. There's a couple of people still not standing. Why don't you, if someone near you isn't standing, I just want you to reach out and tap them on the shoulder. And then when they tap you on the shoulder so that everyone in this place is standing. Four times. Some of you only tap someone on the shoulder once. Or you tapped only three people on the shoulder. Some of you would have tapped maybe you know, six or nine people on the shoulder. Different, we've all got different abilities and different strengths and, and we've all got, we're going to reach more people. Some people reach more people than others. But the point is this, we are called to be salt and light. And if I was asked you this year, for the rest of this year, for you just to simply be salt and light to three people, to, reveal, to really reveal Jesus, His character and His personality, to reveal who He really is to three people in your life. If we were all to do this, I'm going to do this again in the second service as well. If 500 or so people in our church were to do this, do you realize that our city would never be the same again? Just three people. Be salt and light. The fruit of it may happen quickly. The fruit of it may take five or ten years. But God's calling us to be salt and light, to show God's flavor and personality to our city. I just want to read this to finish. There's a song, a new song, uh, written by Hillsong called Let There Be Light. And the last line of this song says this, Let the light that shines above become the light that shines in us. There's no darkness in your way, so have your way, Lord, have your way. If we're ever, if there's a time in, in our nation, in our society that needed people to follow Jesus to be salt and light, it is now. We live in a society that's losing its morals and losing its mind, so the need for people to speak up and lead is greater than ever. Every one of you are called to lead. It's not someone who's a pastor or someone appointed leader to share the salt, be salt and light. We, we do, but every single person here in this place is called to lead in our city, lead in our society, lead and be salt and light and reveal who Jesus is. And I want to encourage you today to be salt and light. Don't be ashamed of who is on the inside of you. Don't back off or stand behind any fear, but be salt and light. Let your light shine. Be the light of the world. Be the salt of the earth. Be flavor. Bring flavor, God's flavor to people around you. I want you to close your eyes for one moment before we finish today. just want to ask one other question. There could be people here today and you've never surrendered or given your life to Jesus. You don't, you wouldn't say, I haven't, I haven't got a relationship with him. I don't really know God. Or maybe you know about God, but 
you've never said, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. You never confess saying, hey, I, you know, your sin, the things you've done wrong, the, the mistakes you've made. Jesus said, you can come to me and I will forgive you. So I died on a cross for you. And if you're here today and saying, yeah, that's me. I'm not sure if I really know him or I've never known him, but today I want to surrender my life to him. I want to make him Lord of my life. If that's you today, I simply want you to raise your hand for a moment. Just let me know, just a wave saying, that's me. I need to do that. Thank you. Once you put it up, you can put it back down. Anyone else you want to do that this morning? may have done it a long time ago and you just feel distant from God and you're not really sure if you really know Him. Is anyone else before we close this meeting that you want to do that today? Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.